Hey everyone, this is Americano from the Marvel Champions Monthly Fan Podcast team. We are a more than monthly podcast about Marvel Champions, the card game. We're back with a great show for you tonight. Um, I'm joined with by three co-hosts. We have Kennedy Hawk. How are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Super speedy today. Super speedy? Okay. You must have got Quicksilver. We have Crimson. How are you doing, Crimson? I'm doing okay, I'm doing okay. No Quicksilver for me. No Quicksilver, okay. Um, it's all right, we're not talking about Quicksilver tonight. But, and we have a special guest host, Scarlet Rody. How are you, Scarlet Rody? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. My very first podcast ever. Well, we're, we're super excited to have you. Why don't you take a second and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm a big ner- Marvel nerd. Uh, I've been playing this game for over, well, since about the start and found the Discord and all that goodness because people see me on there all the time. Um, it's also my first uh, living card game at all. Like, didn't even know what that term was before getting this game. Uh, and now that I literally play it weekly and it's my life now, apparently. <laughs> it does that, right? It sucks you in. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It hasn't left our dining room since I got it in 2019. So just lives here. It's played. It's fun times. Good. Well, um, you've done some custom content too, right? Yes, I made a uh, Wiccan custom content, uh, custom hero, and uh, some allies, aspect allies. So uh, they're probably not that great compared to the current you know, meta of the game, but they exist. Well, we'll, t- we'll talk a little bit. About, I want to talk a little bit about those later, all right? Mm-hmm. So thanks for joining us tonight. Um, we're going to talk all about Ant-Man and the Wasp Packs. So hopefully everyone's had a chance at this point now that Quicksilver's coming in the mail. Um, everyone's had a chance to play both Ant-Man and Wasp. Um, Mira, kind of, why don't you give us an overview of the Ant-Man pack? Tell us what Ant-Man's all about. And then we can each go through our top three and bottom three cards from that deck. Okay. So Ant-Man is, um, he's really good. He's all about flipping um, between forms because his abilities are, um, they, get, they just give him a latent effect when he flips to that form after, as a response. So Ant-Man, or, so Scott Lang has a response that after you change to that form, you heal one damage. Um, Ant-Man Tiny Form has a response that after you change to that form, you remove a threat from a scheme. And then Giant Form, after you change to that form, deal a damage to an enemy. So you want to change as many times as you can, really, in a turn to utilize that and do the different things that you have for your cards in your hand based on the form you're in. Um, At least that's how I like to play them. I'm pretty sure that's the way that they designed them. Um, and I think it's a lot of fun because it, at first, when I saw the three-sided cards, I was like, okay, whatever. But I actually really love it. I love both of these packs because of that. For different reasons. So with Ant-Man, um, I think trying to get to both hero forms each turn is something that I want to do i try and stay out out of alter ego form if i can go between uh hero forms just so i can do the different things like i get giant stomp out there and have my attack be really big when i'm in giant form and use the army of ants when i'm in tiny form um 
I don't know that, and maybe he can seem one dimensional because of that. Yes, his his hero pack, his hero kit's so powerful that it kind of doesn't matter um, what aspect you're playing with. At least that's been my experience. What about what about you guys? Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, I feel like he can be a little autopilot because you just want to keep flipping between giant and tiny. Um, and if you do have to go to his alter ego, I feel like you never recover because you get that extra heal with his ability. And then, you know, his helmet is just bonkers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and Pym Particles. There's really no real good reason to go into his alter ego at all. Um, but yeah, I, I think he very much does not care what aspect you bring with him. It's his, almost his like it's like yeah. the Doctor Strange level, right? Where yeah, yeah, where yeah, you I... know he's good with everything. Yeah, definitely feeling a little power creep on him. I would say as long as you play an Ant Man card, you're doing the right decision, and you always end up going the right way. There you go. Yeah, but you know what? I love that in this game. I love when heroes feel super powerful because it makes me feel like the hero. So I'm okay with it because it's a cooperative game and uh, it just makes me have a lot more fun with it. Yeah, and I think I like that design like choice where the hero card should be the most powerful and should be the things that you want to play while the aspect just supports you and maybe fills in the gaps. That's right. It's like the mayonnaise. One thing that makes me sad is there's very little in Ant-Man's kit that makes him feel like Scott Lang and not Hank Pym, right? It's really just his obligation that's, that's encouraging us to even think about Scott Lang. Yeah, it's not the, I, it's thematic, but not thematic, if that makes sense. Like, yes, he goes giant, he controls ants, that all works, but I, it, I don't know, it, it's not Scott. What you're saying is it could have been Hank Pym, alter ego. It could have been. It's it's thematic, but not distinct. Yeah. Mm. I'm okay with being Scott. Oh, I'm okay with it, too. I prefer Scott, actually. But Yeah, I agree. I, I, I prefer Scott, um, and I think he's less problematic to choose as a hero. Um, there's reasons why the MCU didn't go with Hank, too. So uh, that makes sense. Reasons. <laughs> okay. So what was everybody's top three cards for a Ant-Man? Go Americano first. Ooh, um, well, I will only say one Ant-Man card, and it's Ant-Man's helmet. Um, I'll go with other cards in the pack, because obviously, well, yeah, let's see, the helmet, and then team building exercise is a lot of fun, um, because it, it lets you build those tribal decks and actually makes it matters. Um, or matters more, and I really like tribal decks. Um, and then I really like uh, Moment of Triumph uh, because I think that that filled uh, a niche that aggression needed. Um, because in aggression, you're kind of die. Depends on the hero, but you're mostly trying to stay in hero form, do as much damage as possible, and out. You're racing the villain um, before the villain schemes out. So you often need healing. And so if, you're, if you don't have a protection player um, or a lot of allies to block for you, Moment of Triumph will help heal you up. And that's, it's a really good card. Well, you did two of my three, so I have to find new ones. So Scarlet, why don't you go next? Oh, well, that's also two of my three. Oh, unfair, yeah. <laughs> you can repeat, that's fine. 
Yeah, I, you know, I also wanted to sort of at least have one Ant-Man hero card. And I did go with the helmet because once you have that helmet down, everything else is like gravy. Like you're always drawing cards. You're always healing because you're flipping all the time. It's just it's the most key card I think he has to put down where everything else is helpful. But that's so like an autoplay um, and team building exercise because I also like tribal decks. Uh, and I think it's like a fun thing to add. Uh, but then I went with Stinger because I think she immediately became an auto include in almost every leadership deck. And she gives us like an extra ally and she's a chum blocker. And if you got a uh, uh, team building exercise down, she's free. And it's just she's a good card. It's a staple card. Nice. What did you have, Crimson? I went with the helmet. Um, the, the helmet's just good. No matter how I look at it, the the heal is insane. The draw is great. Um, I didn't go with. I went with all three Ant Man cards because, well, he came with those nasty uh, leadership cards, which ugh. and I'm not. A notice, fan of team notice, building. I didn't choose any. Oh, okay. I <laughs> yeah. was just gonna say I didn't choose any leadership cards, and I'm also not a fan of team building. But that's just me. Whatever. Um, the other one I went with was Pin Particles. I love this card. I think it's great. Um, I like it in both. It's in my top for both Wasp and Ant-Man. I think Pin Particles is a, a really, really good and interesting way to do a resource card. I love it. I love that card. I think it's fun that they put it in both Ant-Man and the Wasp pack. Yep. The other one I went with, which is actually probably my favorite card in Ant-Man, is Resize. Ooh, that is a good one. Yeah, I, I love the fact that it's free. I, I generally gravitate to free cards if they're good. And this one is extremely good, especially with the helmet in play. It allows you to do a lot of uh, extra stuff on your turn. Nice. I like I liked Resize a lot, too. I'm going to go with Giant Strength for the Ant-Man card because I think that card's a little bit bonkers, especially with Swarm Tactics and Resize. You can switch to Giant Form multiple times per turn. I think I did this one video with a couple people, and we we just came up with this loop that was almost endless where you just kept switching to Giant Form by cycling through four cards. And it's limited by how many cards are in the encounter deck, but you can get Ant-Man to plus, like, 50 attack, which is just dumb. Um, and And it's really cheap. So if there's an upgrade out there that's cheap and gives me something I like, then I'm a big fan. Um, for leadership cards, I went with Moxie. I think that's a really good card for some heroes that normally um, don't have a lot of leadership support. I'm thinking of She-Hulk and Miss Marvel. Um, being able to flip the hero form and get plus one to all your stats for both the rest of your hero turn and the villain's turn is really, really good. Like She-Hulk just loves this card. You flip to She-Hulk form... You one-two punch for four a couple times, and then you can defend for three. It's just kind of ridiculous. Um, and I I was going to say Moment of Triumph, but I won't. I'll hold out. I'll say Assess the Situation. I think that's a card that a lot of people are still sleeping on, and I think I probably made fun of it when it was first spoiled, and now I should um, eat crow because I play it in many, many decks because anytime I can make one hand more bursty at the sacrifice of one card, it's usually worth it, right? If I was going to discard a card anyway, if I can give myself seven cards the next turn, it's like always a huge burst in potential. So I really like assess the situation. 
Yeah, I think that's a really good filler card if you need something for your deck and just need something else, and particularly if you're like She-Hulk or Wasp who love mental. Or those heroes that only have a hand size of four, right? Oh, yeah. Them too. <laughs> Let's do everyone's least favorite, single least favorite card next. That's going to be a lot harder in this pack because all the cards are so good because they're all blue. So, Okay, I'll start. How about that? <laughs> Muster Courage. Believe it or not. Shocked face. <laughs> uh, first of all, I don't play expert very often. Uh, mostly it's my wife and I, and we play standard, so it's not as good. And uh, it's just expensive for... Yeah, anyway. There, there you go. I, I like what they're trying to do with it, but, or the idea behind it, like we talked about when we spoiled it, but it's just... I'm not a fan. So... I wrote three, but I will just do one. A muster courage was going to be mine, but so I have backup because I oh man, reason, we're, yeah. Well, because I I play standard ninety five percent of the time, so these all four of these type of cards that are you know clearly geared toward expert are just like lost on me. Um, but I will actually uh, throw a curveball because I do love leadership and say Ronin. I'm not that impressed by Ronin. <laughs> I think, especially in this deck, uh, the pre-con, he's like the least great ally. The other three just like outshine him so much or them, I should say. Uh, it's just boring. And maybe it's also I, I don't have a connection to the character. And that is a lot of who I choose as my allies in a deck. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's plus one stat if you put a if you pay to put a um any attachment on them it's not that great like uh, i don't know I'm just not a big fan of Ronin. he's definitely got like a deck that he fits into but it's not this one i do like that there's been like many characters that have taken the ronin mantle so they didn't give ronin an alter ego which i think is kind of cool because then you can play as hawkeye with ronin in your deck because it's a different version of ronin and that's that's neat at least and no gender they refer to ronin as them yeah, well, there's there's two of my three down, so... Well, use your third one now before I use it. Oh, you won't use my third one, I guarantee it. I'll put money on it. Mine is Hive Mind. That is an Ant-Man card that in all the games of Ant-Man I've played, I don't know if I've ever played that card. It's only a one-of, thank goodness, because I never want to play it. Um, it can be really efficient if you have all those army advance out, but it's just, whenever I'm in tiny form, I have better ways of removing threat, like my triggered ability or my two thwart, so I almost never play it I, I honestly can't remember a time that I have. Definitely like a last resort. If you're using it, it's uh, you're not in a good spot, right? That was actually my third on my list of three, by the way. Okay, what was your third, Crimson? Uh, when Muster, Ronin. Third one is team building exercise. Yeah. I do not like the card. I like that it lets you play things out of turn. Like, we don't have a shield hero yet, but someday leadership players will be able to play Maria out of turn, and they won't always be forced to be the first player the first round. And that'll be neat. The, that w would be interesting. Uh, that might make it, you know, more interesting for me. My problem is it has to be... It, you can't use it on events. You can't use it on... A, a lot of cards you can't use this card on. And I just find myself in the predicament every time I've tried to use it, 
that, oh, well, since I don't play leadership, I don't have as many allies in, in, in my deck. So it rarely, like I've noticed that the, the amount that I had to pay for it, two plus the card itself, I rarely ever get to out of the debt. Did you know that the Ant-Man events have the giant and tiny tree? You can use it at least. Yeah, but not everybody does that. Yeah, like She-Hulk doesn't have it. Yeah, the few uses I found for it are, um, you know, like Spy, obviously that works. But then again, you're just pumping out allies. Asgard with Thor has like a ton of Asgard traded cards. And recently I've, I've been thinking about using it with the aerial trait, right? Falcon has the aerial traits. Um, a couple other characters do. So that might be another way to make the aerial trait not horrible. And here's the thing is if team building exercise had been in the core set, it would have been a great card because they would have made more cards that worked with it from the beginning. This is more of a case of, oh, well, let's have this in our mind going forward. And I'm like, yeah, that, you know, in, in a year, team building exercise will be great because they will have more cards like the Ant-Man where it has tiny or giant, you know, the normal base cards that have those abilities. But as it stands right now, like if you play a corset hero, you, it's not that great. Yeah. I feel like it's very much if you want to do a tribal deck and then to include only one because yeah. two is overkill. Uh, and different heroes are much better. I will say I, I tried Thor recently with it, and it was nice to keep having a free Mjolnir every time I had to put it back in my hand. So that was a nice comment. I just came down to Helicarrier's better. Yeah, I could see that. Well, that was Ant-Man. Let's do an overview of the Wasp pack. Scarlet, do you want to overview Nadia's pack for us? Tell, her what, tell us what she's all about and stuff. Uh, yes, of course. So... Van Dyne, uh, Hank's daughter. Uh, she also flips, but not as much. It's very strategic flipping. Uh, I think you can kind of build around which size you would like to play mostly. Uh, either tiny, where she's mostly going after minions and side schemes, or uh, giant, where it's more of uh, sort of broad damage, AoE damage, I guess. Uh, either to uh, schemes or min our enemies completely. Um, and she comes with the aggression aspect. Uh, a couple cool allies in there. Uh, and actually, a not many reprints at all in her deck. Uh, and a lot of basics, uh, which kind of really buffed up uh, that pseudo aspect that they are. Uh, yeah, I think that's the very basic overview. Of her? Yeah, nine base nine basic cards, right? Uh let's see. I'm I'm totally not on Hall of Heroes looking at things. Uh yes, I think so. Yeah. And nine resources, unfortunately. That's my biggest complaint about her pre-constructed deck. She has so many resources. She also has a lot of things that care about specific uh types of resources. So I think that's why she got pumped with a bunch of wilds. Yeah, wasp and uh, Janet Van Dyne and Thor Jane Foster and uh, surprise attacks yeah so Wasp is fairly new and she's gotten a lot of flack on social media which surprises me 
I was going to give my two piece on Wasp and Nadia. I think Nadia comes with three really cool deck building identities. Unlike Ant-Man, he's got like one identity, right? Play my hero cards and flip every turn. Nadia is way different. She's got her alter ego ability that lets her recur mental resources. So recurring genius and Nick Fury like three to four times on your deck pass is just insane. Um, she's got two different hero form abilities. Her giant form lets her spread damage and thwart out. So you can do some sort of stat pumping ability and then sort of optimally place your damage and threat all across the board. And her tiny form makes it so whenever she defeats a minion or side scheme, um, she gets to ping the villain for one. So you can kind of be the minion handler person and get that finishing blow off on a ton of minions. And I think you can focus on two of those ideas at once, right? You can jam your deck with mental resources and focus on tiny form or jam it and focus on giant form. But focusing on both at the same time, like all three, has always led me to disaster. So I think if people really like niche into the two ideas, the alter ego and one of the forms, she can have really good uses in giant and tiny form. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think she's far more nuanced than Ant-Man, which makes her kind of fun. I like her better than Ant-Man, in my opinion, but I am a different type of player than most. Well, that's going to be a question pretty soon. Why don't you give us your favorite three cards from Wasp first? Okay, none of them are Wasp cards. <laughs> After I just said I really liked her pack. Uh, uh, I'll start with the, the lower one. I, I like the power in all of us. Um, I think it's a great resource, um, mainly because I play a lot of basics in my deck, always. Uh, Ironheart, I love this little minion. It's it's great. Um, essentially, cost one, but it allows you to uh, filter. So, big fan of the Ironheart. Uh, my favorite card in her pack is Spider Man Miles Morales. That is a broken card. <laughs> I thought you weren't a leadership player. I'm so confused. None of these are leadership cards. It may as well be. It's okay. <laughs> you wish. I like basic allies. Like, basic allies are great because they can be played however you need them to be played. But that that's Spider-Man. That Spider-Man is broken good. Like, that Spider-Man's going in every deck I ever make. So what are you pulling out to put Spider-Man in all your decks? Are you pulling out Mockingbird or are you pulling out an aspect card? Probably an aspect card. Yep, make more room for the basics, I agree. Yep. All right, Scarlet, what's your top three cards? Uh, so Crimson took two. So I've got backups because I have a lot that I like in this. Um, but a lot of them are actually her Wasp cards. Uh, the top one is Pinpoint Strike. I think this one's just like bananas to me. You get to do, you know, effectively nine damage with it because uh, I do play her more in Tiny. I prefer that. Uh, and I just love it. And before her deck, I was like, meh an overkill I, don't ask me why i don't know why but her deck has made me totally in love with it now and i love using that it's also very thematic to wasp to do like the pinpoint strike so i like it um also uh janet van dyne i love her i love that she is can be a cheap ally uh you know if you need one block you can pay one thing for her uh or you can pump her out and give her three HP and then she's doing nine damage because I'm not going to block with that, uh, and which is insane to me. Uh, and I'm going to go with Lion White 
as well. I think that's a really fun prep, uh, particularly for a lot of heroes, not just uh, Nadia, but, uh, you know, Black Widow, I think this is far better than the aggression preparation that came in her pack. And it combos well with Thor. Yeah, I, I don't like playing Black Widow aggression before this pack because I didn't like her preparation. So, um, but this one's great at three damage. It, that's a lot of minions that you're going to get rid of with one card. That's my first. Since we just talked about how many cards? Five different cards? Six different cards? Uh, th all three of mine are chosen, but I'll talk about them anyway because I really like them. So. Uh, I will talk about Lion Weight first because I agree with you, Scarlet Ruby. I think this card is awesome for aggression. Uh, I like it paired up with... It. At least I play it this way. I think it should work this way with Hall of Heroes, right? Because um, yeah, it's, it's the hero. It's the hero doing the dealing, defeating the minion. Um, yeah, that should work. Yeah, I think it, so. Yeah, yeah, it's an upgrade. Yeah, so that and Moon Knight's on it, so that's pretty cool. Uh, okay, I was just looking at the artwork. That's pretty awesome, actually. Um, Ironheart and Spider Man. Those 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 basic allies are amazing. They're so good. They're they're so, so good. They're so good. I mean, I, we always talk about aspect cards on this podcast um but we and so we i think we often overlook or don't really talk or focus on basic cards but the fact that you can play it in any deck the, these cards is just it's amazing i love putting lockjaw in my decks he's good why not I, and so i i i really like basic allies these the, ironheart spider-man Oh man, yes. Play that. Use use power and all of us to pay for Ironheart, and then get to draw a card. Or Lockjaw over and over. Or Lockjaw over and over. Exactly. Oh man, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna play tonight. I'm gonna do that. Do that with Quicksilver for no reason. <laughs> just just so I can do it. <laughs> well, one of mine got taken. I had Spider Man and Miles Morales, um, but then I had a green card. I know, gross. Perseverance. I think this card is pretty awesome. Um, one cost for a tough. I mean, you can make any ally or any hero can be a flipping hero. It doesn't just have to be She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, and the Ant-Man and Wasp team up. You can flip every turn with Captain America if you want. And if you can get tough every other turn, you're going to be really happy. Um, what I really like about this is Brother Voodoo never has really good targets within protection. You're always grabbing cards you were going to get anyway. But you can play yeah. Brother Voodoo. I've been doing this with Captain America in Alter Ego form. Have him grab a Perseverance, and then I can flip to Hero form and give myself a tough status. And it's just awesome. And the art's I, really cool. I wish it worked both ways. I wish it was just a response and your identity gains the tough. That would be better. But yeah. it's still good. I'm happy yeah. with it. It's the only reason why not not topped up, because I was looking at it. I took the other flipping card as well, Surprise Attack, so two Daredevil art cards. After you change forms, deal three to an enemy, four if you paid with the physical resource. I mean, obviously it works with Martial Prowess, which is great, but even one cost for three damage is pretty good. I really actually like this with Ms. Marvel, who we, we don't play a lot on our podcast, but it's really fun with her in like a Yarnbjorn Ms. Marvel deck, because you can flip, use her little suits to pay for this to deal four damage, 
you can bounce it and then use that to trigger Yarnbjorn, and all of that is legal. So just having this card in your hand and flipping, if you have your suit Yarnbjorn play, you can deal six damage pretty much every turn continuously because you just keep putting it out of the bottom of your deck, and it's it's pretty bonkers. And you can stack up, right? So if you had three surprise attacks in your hand, you flip and deal nine. If you're playing She-Hulk, you also deal two. Villain's dead. It's great. Least favorite cards. Same order. Americana, what was your least favorite card here? Um, athletic conditioning? I don't know. One cost event, hero action, discard one stun or confused status card from your hero. Like I, I feel like the hero that wants this is Hulk, but it has an, uh, a science... What, what is it? Science resource? Mental resource? And I, I, so I don't want to put it in a Hulk deck. And yes, I still play Hulk. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't... Maybe you guys can change my mind on it, but I'm just not, not impressed with it at all. It's one of those cards that I definitely will put... Um, or maybe I already have put um, printed out a hero. Like a, print, like a custom hero deck in front of... <laughs> I don't know. Also, the art is atrocious. Bad. That is. Yeah, which is sad because it's comic book art. Huh. Yeah, I think She-Hulk might like it slightly better, only because she likes mentals, mental energy in her uh, resources in her deck, but yeah. Yeah, I really dislike it. You never have it at the right time, right? If you want this with Hulk, you're, you're only going to draw it when you're not stunned. Same thing with She-Hulk and Thor, and those are the three characters that like rely on their basic attack. I argue this should be a preparation, a basic preparation, right? You're, you're not conditioning like on the fly, right? That's something you prepared for ahead of time, and it stays in play. And then it would be like my favorite card in the pack, but instead it's like my least favorite card. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Running Interference for very similar reasons why I picked, why I thought Muster Courage as well. I just don't play expert enough. And I think justice has so many other ways to remove threat uh, where they're not locked to the main scheme too. Uh, that it's just, I, I don't see how this makes it into a justice deck. Why did they call it running interference? Don't we already have a card, a villain card or a yes. There's no uniqueness rule for events. Get out of here. I, I know. Come on. Are they running out of names already? Clearly. Hmm. All right, Crimson. Um, running interference. I don't care. I'm doubling this this piece of garbage hot garbage up. It's crap. I yeah. I, I do not like these. Uh, you know, number villain stage cards. I I think it's a terrible mechanic. If you're going to do that, they need to cost a lot less, and this thing costs two. No, it, it should cost one or even just maybe even zero. It's so bad. But if I had to choose something else, I would go Bio Wings. Um, it's not bad, but Ooh, it's, boo, it's boo, just incorrect. It doesn't prevent it enough. <laughs> it, it's, sorry, Crimson. I'm sorry, but I do, I do, I like that card. Yeah, I'm sorry, I can't agree with you on that. Three turns, three three turns to pre prevent three damage if you don't have minions out, and she honestly. They're not going to have minions out against Wasp. No, it's it's not that good. It's it's not useful. I'd rather have three cards than, I'd rather have a card that costs zero and drew me three cards 
than a card that costs three and maybe prevents some damage. Well, yeah, everyone wishes they were Doctor Strange, but yeah. they're, they're balanced. So. Yeah, and you could be Doctor Strange by just not adding this card into your deck. My argument on this card is that, first of all, it doesn't require you to be damaged by an attack. All the other like defensive things in hero packages require you to be defending or being the target. So this can stop indirect damage. It can stop all sorts of things. And it lets you not defend and still mitigate some damage from the villain. So if you want to be upright and attacking or thwarting, you use this and you take a little bit less damage so you don't have to retreat to alter ego so often. I love it. It ex Exactly. It's like um, Energy Barrier. Except without counters on it. And cheaper. Yeah, I'm not saying it, 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 it's just not my type of card. You don't even want to know my my three that uh, it's it's definitely my type of card because so. I also had uh, the sting in there and the uh, giant help, <laughs> which I'm sure are other people's favorites too. But yeah, that 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 running interference is trash. It is complete garbage. A waste of a justice card slot. To be fair to justice, though, they tend to have the best cards in the like the back of the pack. No, no, you could just stop the sentence right there. They tend to have the best cards. You are right. <laughs> their back <laughs> ones tend to be good, you know, considering their actual packs are just full of reprints anyway. So I am all for one down on my bottom list, too, because I don't understand it. Like, if you just run a lead from the front, you probably are going to get almost the same amount of damage, depending on what allies you have out. Yeah, I guess you could get like six Avengers allies out, right? So then if you're an Avenger yourself, you could pay two and deal 10 damage. But that's like Magic Christmas Land, and you've invested into six allies that aren't doing anything for you other than exhausting to give you a damage. You could build like a My Allies Are Just Resources deck with like strength and numbers and all sorts of stuff like that. But I just. And why would you tap your hero when your hero most likely has two damage on there? Yeah, right, exactly. Next task, we have to pick which hero we think, if you're going to the store and you're going to be hyped about picking up a new Marvel Champions pack, should people pick up Wasp or should people pick up Ant-Man? So give us your 20-second pitch as to why they should make the same choice as you, starting with Okay. All right, you should go to the store and pick up Doctor Strange. Ooh. <laughs> um, it, it really depends on your play style. If you're, if you're a new player, I say pick up Ant-Man. Uh, he's pretty straightforward, very easy to pilot. If you are a veteran player and you're looking for something more um, difficult, not difficult to pilot, but something that will be more entertaining to pilot, I would say Wasp. All right, Scarlet, who you got? Uh, so... One, I think both packs are actually really great, and I think they both have really tight pre-cons, because I do play the pre-cons, and I, I think both of them work pretty well. Um, but I'm going to go with Wasp, because I think, like Crimson said, she has so many different ways to build around her. So deck building is more interesting. You know, like we were saying earlier, Ant-Man is, you know, slap some aspect cards on him, and it's fine. Like, you'll profit. It happens. But Wasp, you have to figure out, do you want to be a giant, tiny, alter ego? How do you want to build your deck for that? And I think that's interesting. Um, also, her pack comes with so many great cards for other heroes. 
Uh, you know, all those basic cards that we've been talking about, the aggression cards are great. Um, so it just opens up so much more deck building across the board. Um, I know once she was spoiled and before I got her, I literally had a list of like 11 different things I wanted to do. And it was like different heroes that I wanted to go redo their decks with and all of that, all from her one pack. Um, also, Janet Van Dyne. So she's my second favorite comic book character. So obviously she gets um, chosen. There you go. Okay. This is actually not an easy choice. It sounds like it was an easy choice for you guys. Um, but yeah, because I cheated and chose both. Yeah, well, that's true. It was not easy I, by the way, for me. If I okay, okay, if I had to choose one, it would be Wasp. Um, I like. I think I actually like the power level of Ant, of Ant Man, obviously. And I like I said before, I like that you can feel super strong. Yeah, regardless of the aspect, but you're gonna play. You focus on those cards. It may may seem one dimensional, but it's a lot of fun to just step on the villain or. Turn, you know, exhaust your army advance and just go take out all the different minions. But I think Wasp, because we're looking at the pack as a whole, and I can't live without Ironheart or Spider-Man now. Um, also, agree. also, there are some there are some really good aggression cards in here. Um, I, I love Lion Wait. Uh, I agree with Scarlet Rhodey on on Wasp, the Janet Van Dyne. We sh- the you know, you have to you have to pay for with the energy resource, right? But mm-hmm. um, that's fine because an ally with a three attack is pretty awesome. So I I think so maybe for a different reason than other people would choose, but um, I'm looking at the pack as a whole. I definitely it would wasp edges out, Ant Man. And um, the uh, aggression wasp character it doesn't say print it; it just says. Uh... Lightning resource, right? Yeah, so you can use the power of aggression, and that's two HP for her. Perfect. Yeah, that, that's how I'd been playing it. I just wanted to double check mm-hmm. it. Yeah, um, and we didn't even bring up into the fray, which I think is a great aggression card to have too, because it, fi- it especially solo players, it fixes such a big issue. <laughs> yeah, into the fray is probably the best aggression card I've seen in a long time. There's a reason Thor's on that card. <laughs> Well, I was torn back and forth. I thought I like puzzles in heroes. That's why I like Hulk. So I really like Wasp Hero Kit a lot better because it forces me to think. And I, I constantly find myself in the wrong form and then I lose a game because of that. But that's my fault, not Wasp's fault. So I like Wasp's kit better. Um, I do like that the leadership cards in Ant-Man add to like several different facets. You get to the point where you can now go six wide with allies. You get more ally choices. You get multiple upgrades for those allies. And you get ways to like interact with just your hero with Moxie and stuff like that. Um, but I think the aggression cards in Wasp do the same thing. You get some anti-minion tech. You get some ally aggression um, boosting with boot camp. And you get those awesome neutral allies. So I think that aggression probably needs more help as an aspect than leadership does. Since leadership just is ridiculous kind of right now. So I would recommend getting Wasp over Ant-Man if you had to pick between the two, because you're going to be able to expand to a whole other aspect of playing using Wasp's cards. So I totally thought I was going to be in the minority. (laughs) This is, um, but I will. So I do want to say one thing about Ant-Man though. I think it's a, a perfect 
like pre-con to give to someone and be like, this is an attachment leadership deck. This is how it works. Because I know it taught me as a newer player, like exactly what that means. And it gave you all the tools. And also I love Giant Man. But yeah, I just love both of these packs. They're so good. <laughs> and don't forget to throw in your Iron Man leadership character too. Mm. Oh yeah. He got a buff. Well, we've rambled about Ant-Man and Wasp for a long time. Let's jump to our last topic because we're behind schedule compared to normal. We're all talking too much about Wasp. Let's talk about diversity in Marvel Champions. So there's always this constant topic of diversity in gaming. You know, you go to a game convention, you see 10,000 people there and 9,999 of them are white males that haven't showered in a week. That's not really good for the world. It's not really representative of the world. So how does Marvel Champions stack up with diversity? Um, so Scarlett, I know you took some statistics on this topic. Can you tell us, give us like a, a report on how Marvel Champions is doing currently with diversity within the game? So, yeah, um, just very basics. Um, you know, I'm gay, so I can't do math. Uh, and so we have 20 heroes who are announced. So I will include, you know, um, Rocket, Groot, and Star-Lord. They're officially announced. Um, and there's seven women in that 20, which I think is um, not a terrible uh, percentage when we think about the source material. Because I think when talking about comic book stuff, it's all the big caveat is what is the source material? And particularly with how old some of these characters are, it's just they're going to be more white, more male. Um, but the real disappointment is we only have two heroes of color. That's it. And they both were released in 2019. It's been a while. Um, that is kind of a disappointment. Um, and we also have sort of two who are part of the queer community. Uh, Nadia in the comics is now is confirmed to be asexual. Um, and Star-Lord is, um, Bi or pan, I'm not sure what terminology they're using, but um, but yeah, I think that's kind of interesting that uh, we haven't had a hero of color since Miss Marvel. <laughs> that's a very long time. Uh, and I will say personally, when I first got the game and Miss Marvel was my first uh, hero pack that I got, I was super excited. I the game seemed very like into having a diverse amount of folks. You know, the core box, when you look at all the aspect allies, uh, there's a good amount of racial and gender diversity among the characters chosen. And I was like, sweet, okay, this is going to be good. And then we're a year later. It's, it's not as great. So, um, would you, would, uh, do you want me to go on? Do you know other people want to talk? Oh, you can go on as long as you want. I think one of the things when I was looking through stuff that was kind of disappointing, and this is this is true in comics too, a lot of the support and you know backup ally cards in the hero signature kits are you know the token female in the story or they're the backup female character. So almost a majority of the heroes either have a signature ally that's a female or some kind of support card like Pepper Potts um, that backs them up as a female character, um, which kind of puts them in this backseat position, which is never fun. Yeah, I, I did notice that. So we have 18 revealed signature allies or assumed, um, you know, Scarlet Witch is not assumed, but the team up mechanic and all that. Uh, and 10 of them are women out of 18. So and only four of color, which is pretty 
low as well. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. It, it's interesting how often so many of them. And I didn't look to just an added layer of how many of these are, you know, ex-girlfriends of the hero or in the case of at least two of them, ex-boyfriends. Um, Cause that's a whole different level of who are they choosing? Yeah. Um, honestly, I was not, I wasn't paying attention to it, which is, you know, probably a normal thing that a normal player would, unless they're, they're really into looking for that kind of information. They just passed them by. But after I saw the stats, I was, I was shocked, honestly. I, because like you said, we started with such a diverse group and then it just kind of tapered off. And, you know, so just a little bit about me. I'm very liberal. I'm from Portland, Oregon. You know, that's just who I am. I'm, I'm you know, like, I, I'm surprised by it because as I'm looking over the heroes right now, I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, and I get it's comics, you know, a lot of these were brought out, you know, anywhere from the 50s to the 80s, um, you know, and during those time frames, we we didn't we didn't consider thir- certain things we should have considered um but like yeah there there needs to be there needs to be more diversity but it needs to be organic i i i see a lot of times when diversity is forced and see like growing up in portland which is a very organic diverse city um it it turns out really well but then you know when there are instances where these companies force diversity and they do it wrong because they're forcing it. Like have some, have some damn gay heroes, man. No, it would be nice. And you know, I'd say half your audience wouldn't even notice. And the, the other half would really appreciate it. And why not? Like, but don't, don't like grab, unknown heroes grab grab some known heroes that you know but that's just me you know i gotta be careful on the topic i know i think you mentioned this before scarlet but part of the problem is kind of the universe or the corner of the marvel universe they're in is not super diverse yeah i mean the avengers while i am an avengers fanboy they are not the most diverse of teams um in the marvel universe you know i think when this game eventually someday in 2028 uh moves on to the x-men uh they are far more diverse or even moving to the street level um heroes you know uh, luke cage hero uh white tiger characters like that there's also the the age of the character so you know miss marvel obviously we get her but she premiered in 2014 um and some of our allies of color are sam alexander who's only been around for i think a decade miles morales riri williams um giant man Roz. he premiered in 2015 i think um and he's one of our lgbt um characters as well and so all of these are newer characters so i do think they are easy to have as aspect allies and so I, that's where i think that's that organic diversity where they don't have to be necessarily forced into packs where they just make sense to throw so them out. is that 
let me ask you then, is that, is that what we mentioned briefly earlier that you made some aspect allies? Uh, is that what made you decide to, well, why don't you talk about them? You've, you've made a, several of them, right? Yeah, so I made, I, I did like label them Pride Allies. It was around um, June of last year for Pride Month. Uh, and so I did make one for each, um, each a- the five sort of aspects, but also sort of the five um, letters, you know, um, America Chavez for the L, uh, Lightning, uh, G, then, who's my B? I'm already forgetting. Uh, there's Novar and Sarah, who is Angela's, um, sort of romantic interest and um she's trans and then i am oh jake O. <laughs> um agent of shield so um a bi man of color so yeah uh i kind of created them for that reason at that point we didn't really have anyone um you know there is the curious case of hercules as being maybe our first lgbt character in the game but at the time not really uh you know in the comics uh, there was one panel once, you know, one of the times that he died, uh, that Northstar, a you know, prominent gay um, character, said that they had slept together. Total off panel sort of thing, whatever. And then in 2015, 16, when Hercules had his first solo in maybe ever, uh, the editor in chief of Marvel was like, oh, no, no, we're not going to explore that. He's not really bi. Um, but now, after you know his allies come out in the game, um, his current run in the comics on the Guardians team, uh, yeah, he's totally in a relationship with Novar, who I've made an ally of. Um, so he sort of is backdated as our first, um, and otherwise it would be Giant Man, who came in a pack in what November. Uh, so yeah, I don't. I kind of just went off on that. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I was curious. I was curious to why, you know, I'm, exci- I'm actually excited to print them out and play them. I'm getting into printing them out like custom heroes and, and allies and other cards. So I don't see any reason why not to do that. So they are printed out somewhere, um, you know, taking up some like resource cards because we have yeah. a billion of those. I'm sure people who are looking for those heroes will just be happy to have the availability of having those heroes or those allies too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, because represent representation matters and that's what's important. It does. Um, making sure that you can see yourself reflected. Uh, I, I know personally, like I don't think I was like that excited at the prospect of a star Lord hero, to be honest, like, okay, star Lord, whatever, you know, kind of oversaturated. And then Marvel just as like, oh, by the way, now he's, you know, part of my community. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I 100% want Star-Lord. That's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's like just a, a weird little like click. I was like, OK, I'm totally into this now. <laughs> and I agree 100% with you that representation matters. Um, you know, it, it's it's how I have an LGBT ally flag on the back of my car, because it's important that people see and they are they realize that they're not alone, that there are people out there who are on their side. Yep. 100%. And the more representation, the better. I know I always look for this in card games that I'm purchasing because my primary person that I play with is my wife. And 
you know, playing playing some games in the past where 90% of the cards are just white males holding barbarian swords, she never enjoys those. But with Marvel Champions, she always picks up She-Hulk. She always picks up Black Widow. It's nice to have characters you can identify with. And even locally in the area, I know, like at the comic store, you mentioned um, Sam Alexander Nova. I live in a, a very hispanic area and everyone really is attracted to his comic book so i'm excited that maybe he'll get a pack someday because i think that that would just be adding a little more diversity to our hero set and i can't i can't wait for more of that yeah i i, I can't wait for the x-men because the the x-men are the comics that i'm you know into um you know with wait really are you yeah, sure with the backstory of the x-men you know i thought you were an avengers <laughs> guy <laughs> Oh man, that, that threw me off. The X Men, the X -Men are mutants are just a, a you know, and uh, I don't know the correct word for it, but just a, a mirror of our, you know, civil rights movements at the time, and the fact that a lot of my favorite characters are X Men, like Wolverine, uh, Shadowcat, Jubilee. I mean, there's so much diversity with the X Men. Where the Avengers came out a little bit earlier. They, they also, it feels like the mutants were a statement that Marvel was trying to make at the time where the Avengers are very, these are comic book characters. Uh, X-Men don't have that same feeling a lot of times. And I just, I really want them to bring out X-Men. Yeah, my earliest Marvel comic series was New Mutants. And I really liked the diversity level in New Mutants. Yeah, they had like a, a white kid from Kentucky in there, but they also had an indigenous mutant. They had mutants from all over the world, whether it be Brazil or Europe or wherever. They had people of all sorts of sexual preferences and all sorts of things. So I really liked that. And nowadays I see that in Champions, right? Looking at, at the Champions lineup, we've got Sam Alexander, we've got Miss Marvel, we've got Miles Morales, we've got Riri Williams. If they could just do a champion cycle, it would add so much to the world of Marvel Champions. Yeah, I think um, if they if they focus on that team, I think that would be a smart move because they are younger, they're popular heroes, and instantly, you know, kind of diversify the hero uh, options that we have. More importantly, they they put the champions heroes in the eyes of some of the older comic book guys who are like me. I you know I'm I'm a little older. Um, so I stopped reading comic books to an extent, unless it's X-Men. Um, I, I think it's a great way to introduce older people to some of the younger comic book characters. And because they're younger comic book characters, they have more diversity in their groups and in their squads. That's organic. Yeah. I, I mean, when Kamala came out, uh, the amount of things I saw in like the Facebook group and Reddit who are like, who is she? And folks, you know, looking for her comics and reading her comics. Yeah. I was yeah, already I, I had a, no clue. a fan I had of no hers. Clue who she was. Uh, that's why she was my first pack. You know, I played my learn to play game and literally in the airport on my way flying home because I had got it for Christmas. I saw that she had a pack and I love Kamala. Uh, I have every trade paperback of hers uh, in my house. Uh, so I instantly ordered that. <laughs> It's my first yeah. like pack, but I it warmed my heart seeing all these people who are like, oh, who is she? And then falling in love with her comics because they are universal and and so well written. Yeah, she's one of my favorite co comics now because I I thoroughly enjoy her storylines, and 
the the thing is like I may not like her play style in the game, but dude, she is an amazing character. And she's all over the art and the aspect cards. FFG's been like sneakily doing diversity pretty well in their art selection for their LCGs for a long time. Like even back to Netrunner and um, the Star Wars LCG, they had Carillion Engineer in the core set. And, you know, normally you'd put some grunt looking guy in a, in a space type game. But instead it was a female engineer from Carillia and they had female rebel pilots and all sorts of things that they just they were like, you know what, this is a generic character. We get to choose what the character looks like. And they seemed to purposefully try to diversify their aspect art or their whatever it was called there, their affiliation art. So. I'm looking forward to more of that here as we go on. I've noticed Kamala's in a ton of stuff. Luke Cage is in a ton of stuff. And I think part of that is on purpose. I'm hopeful. Sam Wilson, too. I think he's all over leadership cards. And War Machine. Yeah, although War Machine is part of that sort of almost problematic issue where a lot of, you know, black and brown heroes uh, wear full face coverings. Yeah. Yeah. If you, although when I see War Machine, I see Jim Rhodes. But but, I have I have War Machine number one. He's been one of my favorite uh, characters for a long time. Yeah, it's just sort of an interesting trope within comics broadly, um, and and that of course happens because if you look at you know our basic allies, War Machine, Spider Man, uh, Iron Heart, <laughs> um, Basic is probably the most diverse of the sort of aspects. Uh, but most of them have their faces covered, which is interesting. Yeah, I never noticed that. Yeah. Um, and this is when I will dunk on Justice, because Justice is the least diverse. Oh, I know. In, our, in the Allies. Um, and I'll give them like a, a 0.5% um, percent for Quake, because she sort of is maybe Asian. I feel like the comics are really confused right now. <laughs> um, but she is She's Asian in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, don't don't you didn't you watch uh, Agents of Shield? Oh yeah, it's one of my favorite so, shows. Yeah. So in in so in the show she is right, obviously. Yeah, uh, and then and it's interesting because as she became more popular in the MCU, um, her comic appearances started to look more and more like Chloe Bennett. Um, and she was originally designed as like Angelina Jolie, and then like has morphed into Chloe Bennett, and it's very weird. And you know, I. It, Marvel's trying to be like odd about it in the comics, so, so I don't know if she counts. Maybe okay. you get so you give them a half point. Yeah, yeah, um, but that's it, uh, you know. And with <laughs> the Scarlet Witch pack, you know, they will have um, two LGBT characters, but spoilers, but not really. And the least diverse uh, section is probably villains, right? I mean, we get almost nothing. That we don't have any any female villains, right? Um, we will soon uh, with um, the next box. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess we have some nemeses that are that are female. I didn't count them, but probably not very many. No, not many. Yeah, yeah, and there's not even that many. Uh, I kind of I may have been fuzzy math, but I tried to find all the unique minions, uh, and I counted forty. So that's not just Nemesis, but anywhere in like the encounters, the modulars, there's about 40 of them uh, and seven were women. And let's be honest, like Asian and Hispanic 
are Asian and Hispanic are extremely under. Um, yes and no. So we have. Uh, give me a second. There are uh, two, three, four. I think Asian characters that we have. Um, however, only one is East Asian. So, and the other three yeah. are um, Southeast Asian because Giant Man is of Indian descent. And then Red Dagger and Miss Marvel are both Pakistani. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, if I wanted to get my girlfriend into this, I'd, I'd, I'm like, oh, you know, she's, she's a Filipina. And I'm like, there's really nothing here for her. Yeah. Um, oh, and I forgot Wong when I was counting. So we have two. Yeah. So Wong and Braun are both East Asian descent. Is Shang-Chi one of the four imprisoned allies? I can't remember. Yes, actually, the imprisoned allies are, like, oddly diverse. White Tiger, Shang-Chi, Elektra, and Moon Knight. So, you know, half female, half of color. Um, it, yeah, too bad we just can never use them outside of the campaign. You can use them. Just make them cost, like, three or something. Or just start with them in your deck. Who cares? It's a co-op game, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, how would you rate this game on diversity? If you're scoring it from one to one to ten, what's your what's your rating right now? Maybe we'll rate it again in a year and see if it's gotten better or worse. I think maybe a six. Like, yeah, like five or six. Because um, I think, like we talked about, you know, they came out of the gate really strong, and at least on the ally front, I feel like it's generally been slightly consistent um in their choices uh but i feel like after a year it should just feel different um and it and i don't know who i would be like well we didn't need this hero like they don't make sense um and none of them kind of are where i would replace someone except for spider woman uh because she was in a box so you could have put someone like a monica rambo in that spot uh who may not do well at retail, but make sense in a box. Um, yeah. And just to kind of get a little bit uh, difference, because I feel like, uh, you know, it's not like she was even that thematic in the first place. So. Uh, it could have been Storm instead. The, with who? It could have been Storm instead. Well, no, that'd be silly. This is Avengers. Um, no, no Avengers, no more. Monica Redman. You got many years to wait. I'm telling you right now. Stop it. Just stop. Yeah, man. You thought I was kidding when I said 2028, but yeah, realistically, I was gonna give it a five. I think I know a lot of games that are a lot worse, but I also know a lot of games and and systems that are a lot better. So it's kind of middle of the line for me. I think when the Corsa came out, like you said, I was reading it really high in diversity just based on the hero selection. Um, but it's, it's gotten not less diverse, but uh, yeah, I guess less diverse as it's gone on. Let's uh, I agree with you guys. I think that they, they could do more. I I'm excited for champions. Um, you guys know a lot more about the comics than I do. So I'll trust your judgment. I'll believe. I'm excited for the allies and guardians, right? There's a ton of really good diversity within the allies of guardians, even though a lot of them are aliens, right? So it's like, how do you? Are you talking? Are you? I was gonna say, are you saying uh, human versus alien diversity? 
Well, like Mo Moon Dragon and the new Quasar um, are an item, so that's kind of cool. Um, there's a lot of of allies and gender fluidity in the Guardians comics and lore, so I think we could get lots of cool stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, their current run is like the queerest thing in the universe, and I love it. It's just ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I think the Guardians they have a chance, but I, I. And cautiously optimistic, I think, um, to see sort of what era they're pulling from and what their choices are. Um, and not a, a dig on, you know, the designers, but it's a bunch of, you know, straight white guys. So <laughs> concerns me sometimes. Yeah, the easiest way to fix diversity issues is to hire diversity. Yes. Yeah. Although FFG needs to, you know, actually hire people first. But yes. Minnesota. Yeah, that that is also not helping them. Uh, but <laughs> sorry, sorry, my my Pacific Northwest ass is just like, why are you in Minnesota? <laughs> well, I think they have a lot of room to improve, but I think we're still excited to see where they go with this. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so uh, Scarlett Rody, thank you for joining us on this special episode. We really appreciate you taking the time, taking your evening. Uh, talking about this game that we love that evidently hasn't left your dining room for over a year, which is really exciting. Um, it's it, the only reason it hasn't it has left my dining room is so that my kids don't bend the cards. So, oh no, uh, kids! So. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we had a lot of fun. Um, where can where can we uh, interact with you? Because I know that I've I've I kind of lurk on the um, custom content discord. Um, I know that you're pretty active on the discord, the, the Marvel champions uh, discord. Um, but where can we, where can we, t do you care to talk to people to, to like, are you interested in playing? Cause, cause I talk to people a lot where they want to play like a game through zoom or through, uh, you know, and so discord's a good place to, to have those chats and stuff to, to meet up with people to do that. So. Oh yeah. I haven't done it yet, but that does sound fun. Um, Cause usually I'm just by myself uh, playing solo. Uh, but yeah, I'm usually on the main discord. I do have a channel on the um, custom content discord. Uh, it probably hasn't been used in quite some time, but it exists there. Uh, yeah, I am pretty friendly, I think. Uh, you mostly find me in, I think, the comic book sort of channels in the main one. Uh, and any of my favorite characters. So Scarlet Witch, Wasp, I'm usually trolling in those ones. Slurk. And the WandaVision channel. WandaVision's almost half over. We're not going to say spoilers here, but there's lots of discussion going on on Discords about... Oh, well, yes, I... Is there an episode? Is there an episode tonight? You missed it already. What are you doing? Get off here and go watch it now. <laughs> oh, man. Agreed. Um, yeah, and also, because I've read too many Scarlet Witch comic books, so my brain just kind of, like, cannot stop theory crafting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so fun. Um, but it's so good. I, I, I don't know how you can internet without, like, stumbling into spoilers, but... Very careful.